Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hand. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work Ram radio show, the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. We've got your hosts today, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, for a very special 31st anniversary edition show. That's right. No, no, we haven't done 31 years of radio, for crying out loud. The show is not 31 years But today we are celebrating the 31st anniversary of our first date. That's right. And that's what we're going to do the show all about. Yeah, somebody said to me today, were you 13? (laughs) I'm like, oh. 10. We were 10. We were 10. That's what it was. That's right. If you are tuning in today to uh, listen to Blake Smith, Bass Pro Fisherman, uh, and also associated with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Blake's tournament this week took him out to the very remote regions of Alabama. And Blake called me from his cell phone. It sounded like that. And so I said, Blake, <laughs> perhaps we should wait for a few more weeks till you're back in Florida. So tune back in. Look on the show uh, promos. Just listen for it. We'll have Blake up sometime in early June. So today we've got this very special edition of the I Work For Him show. In fact, I got off a plane less than, well, I don't know, less than 40 minutes ago. That's right. Flying in from Phoenix, not because I spent the weekend in Phoenix, but because I spent the weekend in Tucson. But I couldn't get home from Tucson because all the flights yesterday were canceled from Tucson because of those incredible storms in Texas. And so this morning, my parents 
drove me 110 miles at 4 o'clock in the morning to Phoenix so I could catch a plane so I could be back here in time to do the radio program with my incredible wife, Martha. Mm, yeah, when you were saying that you were flying in from Arizona, we also were flying in across the Howard Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty awesome. You know, we had the privilege yesterday to do, uh, I had the privilege yesterday to speak at my parents' uh, Sunday school class. They mm-hmm. call it Adult Bible Study Fellowship. Sounds so mature. It was very mature. Okay. Well, but I wasn't. But anyway, so I had the opportunity to speak. And because you're in a class full of people that are 60, 70, and 80, they're not used to people with, I don't know, incredibly large amounts of energy teaching their class. Especially early in the morning. Especially early in the morning. And, well, but because it felt like noon my time. I, I, that's I, true. That's right. So, Ivan, it's okay. I did I, I did change my intro just in case you're figuring that out. Okay. <laughs> We're ad-libbing. <laughs> that's right. So I spoke, I, I, I don't know, when I was preparing to teach, my mom said, hey, do you want to teach when you're in? I'm like, yeah, sure, absolutely. I love teaching. I love teaching at church. And in fact, someday, if I had the opportunity to do the I Work Frame radio program, Martha and I would also love to work in a church. I mean, we would love to help churches have business ministries and marriage, incredible marriage ministries. That's what we'd love to do. So anyway, God really laid it on my heart to share a lesson that Martha and I did on our marriage retreat cruise, which was on forgiveness. And really, I want to talk about it today as it relates not just to marriage, because I believe we've talked about it as it relates to marriage. I really want to talk about as it relates to all of our relationships, because a lack of forgiveness really can harm a workplace. Uh, but we're, you know, like I said, we're, we're a little bit ad-libbing it today. We're going to have some fun because really at the root of all relationships, if you call yourself a Christ follower, forgiveness should be the easiest thing that you do because it's the one thing you've been given a tremendous amount of. Yeah, I think sometimes we just have a hard time with our uh, finite brains grasping how much we've been forgiven. And how much to forgive others. Well, there was that one thing you did in elementary school, but besides that, I can't think of anything you need to be forgiven for. But I don't know what's going on in your mind. I don't know what you think. I do know what goes into my mind. And so the infinite amounts of times that I've been forgiven, I'm grateful for. I'm grateful to my Heavenly Father. I'm grateful for the small things in life because not only did I get off the plane at 410, but I also then got down to the baggage and my bags were one of the first 10 off the plane. And God got us across the Howard Franklin without a single... Well, we barely had to hit our brakes. Yeah, that was great. We were early. We still had another 18 minutes we could have done. (laughs) All right, so let's talk about forgiveness, Martha. Let's talk about why it's so important, but let's first define it. When you think of the word forgiveness, what do you think of? Oh, well, um, that's a good question. What do I think of? I think of um, the humility that goes along maybe with it to to really... um, I think for a lot of people, we've lost the art of asking for forgiveness, saying, will you please forgive me? Um, and but so a lot of people don't that, even say that anymore, though. That's what I'm saying. We've oh. lost the art of that. And with that is the whole, um, just the concept of it takes a very humble spirit to ask for that, to realize that you need it um, and or to offer it to other people. So I guess that's probably what I think of first. You know, when I think of, I, I mean, I love that humility thing, because in order to truly be sincere in offering people forgiveness, you do have to be humbled. And in order to forgive people who have hurt you, it also takes an incredible amount of humility. Mm-hmm. Because you feel like you have a right to not forgive them. Sure. And, but we don't. Because we've been forgiven so much. 
but it is easy to get jaded. It's easy to actually start thinking, well, yeah, but what they did to me. (laughs) Then you remember, oh yeah, Paul the Apostle, he was a murderer. Moses, he was the man called the friend of God. He, oh yeah, he was a murderer. Um, and let's, I mean, just go down the line of people who, David, oh yeah, David, man after God's own heart. Oh yeah, he was a murderer. All right, so all these incredible biblical heroes, and they were, had a close relationship with the Heavenly Father, yet they had big sin issues. So yeah, they've been forgetting a lot. That's one of the amazing things about the scriptures that God's given us is that they're, it's full of examples of real people that, um, you know, not that we want to be able to relate to the murder part of it, but the no, fact I'd rather that not they, be a murderer. But that they fell short and that God still used them in the midst of where they are because of the the love and the grace that he extended to them, but also that they learned from their circumstances because of their relationship with God. Okay, but how does this, this is, wait, let me just answer the question this time. I, I, I know you're not, you weren't ready for this whole thing, but here's why I want to talk about forgiveness as it relates to the workplace. Mm-hmm. Because we work with people sometimes that are really irritating. You could have just said the very first part. We work with people. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, because really, I mean, that's the Martha, reality of it. I can't no, believe no, no, you just no, no, said no. that. No, but don't make any assumptions there. But the, <laughs> the, the point is that we are all human. And whenever humans interact with each other, people, people. then you're going to have conflict or you're going to see things differently or you're going to approach things differently. So just that in and of itself is enough reason to talk about it because we need to be able to know how to deal with it in a work environment for a healthy work environment we work with people what does a healthy work environment look like one where there's good (laughs) did you want me to answer the question sure i just was thinking just because there's people involved and work environments can be healthy one day or healthy one minute and unhealthy the next well they can be healthy and not perfect i mean they're never going to be perfect but being healthy is an environment where you have good communication where you have a maybe a structure for dealing with conflict when it does arise and actually dealing with all right and that's really what we're talking about because in the workplace we have to learn to forgive we need to learn to forgive in all of our lives one of the things that martha and i have realized as we have done marriage mentoring now for 17 16 16 years is that people really struggle to forgive and they don't just struggle to forgive people who have hurt them they struggle a lot with forgiving themselves Mm -hmm. i mean we have seen that a ton Mm -hmm. and as it relates to the workplace you know there are always people that are going to hurt you in the workplace there's there's competition in some workplaces Uh, in other workplaces uh, sometimes the bosses just do stupid things that hurt you and sometimes the people underneath you do stupid things i mean there's just people are hurtful and they're naive too sometimes they don't even know what they're doing because of just you know However, they they handle, however they do their job, they don't even know necessarily what they're doing to the others around them. I would agree. I would agree. Because some people are just, are they just dull, thick-headed? Even duct tape can't fix stupid? None of those things apply? All the above. You can't that, shake your head. We're that, on the radio. Okay, you can't I shake your head. I didn't really know that and so much more. Yeah, that's it's not a, okay. always negative. It's just that they, you know, there are a lot of people that maybe are very strong-willed and they don't see when they're running over somebody else. They just know what their goal is. Or like you said, if, if it's like a sales environment, sometimes people um, are taught, you know, to, it's a 
dog eat dog world out there. <laughs> and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. <laughs> Cliff Clavin. No, nope, there's Norm. There was Norm's Norm. Norm. <laughs> yeah. Those of you under 30, you have no idea what I just no. quoted. Go look at the reruns. All right. Of Cheers, in case you're wondering. Uh, okay. So why is it that we, you know, what happens when you don't forgive? Well, let's talk about that. What have, what have we seen for people who don't forgive what do we see as a physical mental spiritual result i'll tell you the thing when i think of people that i know who aren't real forgiving they they get bitter Mm -hmm. but we all can picture somebody who's 60 to 80 and they've got a permanent frown on their face yeah a permanent frown on their face they're just grumpy Mm -hmm. and they're they're grumpy not just on the outside they're grumpy to the core those are people who haven't forgiven it's very possible that that's what it it's is. It's just deep all the way through because because that when you don't forgive somebody, it turns into a condition called bitterness. Yes. So what have we learned about bitterness? What have you seen? Um, well, I mean, bitterness just is kind of like a, a little um, disease that festers and, and spreads because it just, it, it can take over every part. It's not just looking at... Um, one situation maybe with a neighbor that somebody's dealing with, but it could actually, you know, fall into everything where they're just negative about everything. And um, some people think that the world just has it out for them. And I think that... (laughs) Well, there's probably a few people out there that maybe the world does. Well, no, I think that, you know, for a lot of them, that perspective probably comes from um, some sort of hurt or unforgiveness that might be in their past or, you know, something that they're just their perspective that they think, well... This happened against me and this happened against me. You know, the the traffic doesn't happen against you. Traffic just is a is, a, is something that happens because everybody goes home at the same time at the end of the day. And so right. there's traffic. So it's not. But but that's just that whole perspective thing where people think, oh, the world's up to get me because there was an accident and I needed to get to wherever, you know, so. I know I'm just kind of going on this it's, little it's tangent, yeah. but I really think that that's how some people get that bitter that they can't even see that life is just happening around them. It's not all against them. It's right. just life. Well, and, and it is bitterness actually can kill you. I mean, a lot of times people think, well, I'm just going to be angry at that person and the, it's going to hurt them. And that's why I'm going to be angry at them. But the truth of that is. That's a lie. In fact, I've got a couple of quotes. You know, the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. Gandhi. <laughs> mm. Here's a better one. This is, this is from an unknown person. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. Mm. And that's a lot like that Matthew West song, Forgiveness, where it actually was a prisoner who um, and it just talking about the whole thing that forgiving a prisoner actually set the mom free because she had you know um, unforgiveness in her heart towards somebody who had, um, that whole I don't know if you only died that whole story but basically um, somebody a drunk driver killed her daughter he goes to jail she then has to go through the process of forgiving him and through that she felt set free and that's just so powerful. So that is that whole process. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that you are the prisoner. Oh, and and, and uh, Ivan got another one of the quotes. I didn't choose it for this lesson yesterday, but I had it on my list. Bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. <laughs> 
Sorry, Joanna that's Weaver. Not, that's not really that's funny. That's not funny, but, but it's it, true. Wow. People who are bitter yeah. and who refuse to forgive. And we're talking, let, I'm just talking to the Christians today because I don't expect non-Christ followers. Ooh, I just said Christians. I'm talking to the Christ followers. People who aren't Christ followers, they don't understand this. This isn't, this isn't a message for them because they first need to understand that they've been forgiven by their Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. This is for you, the people out there listening who are Christ followers. You are supposed to be forgiven. And we're going to go into the scripture references after the break. But, you know, it is why we struggle so hard to forgive people. Yet we've been forgiven everything. What we did in the past, when we gave our lives to Christ, what we did in the past has been forgiven. What we're doing right now, it's been forgiven. What we do for the next however many years we're here on this earth, it's been forgiven. There's no limits to the forgiveness of our Heavenly Father because that's what Christ died on the cross for. So why is this hard to forgive? Because they hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> they deserve they deserve my anger. Mm. But that's a wrong perspective, but that's the perspective most people feel when they when they want to hold on to that righteousness. Or unrighteousness. Unrighteousness. Yeah. Well, and, and, and really, you know, as I shared yesterday in the, in the class in uh, Tucson, Arizona, which is where I was yesterday morning and still this morning, uh, is that, you know, I, I really struggled in this area. And, and I'm, I'm not sure if, if where it came from, but I really learned to be bitter and to not forgive people. Even though I was a Christ father, this is something I really struggled with. People that hurt us, hurt you, hurt me, I... I I really struggled with forgiving them. And it wasn't until I started my drive to Orlando that I really learned to pray for my enemies, to pray for those who persecuted me, and, and to love them. But I had to find a way to not only forgive them, but to also ask their forgiveness for being ridiculous in unforgivingness towards them, which is a real exercise. What, did I just make that's up a new a great word? great word, unforgivingness. Hey, I've been part of the Haynes family for 29 years. I can make up that's words. True. It's we, part of the we deal. Like, we have our own dictionary. That's right. So, I, But that's one of those things where, you know, in order to forgive some people that have hurt you, because some people just hurt you because they're going to do it on purpose. It's not that they do it unintentionally. There are people out there that actually hurt you on purpose. And those are people that you have to work really hard to forgive, and it's tough. I struggle with that. But mm-hmm. I pray that God can give me eyes for empathy to find out, as you said so well 10, 12 years ago, hurting people hurt people. And so I pray to the Lord so I can find out why are they hurting? Why are they so bitter? Why are they so angry? That's what I need to find out. I want to I want to get empathy for them so that instead of me being bitter, I can feel sorry for them. That's right. Celebrating 31 years of dating today. That's right. 31 years ago, we were driving a 1981 Pontiac Bonneville on the way to our first date. Martha in her red taffeta dress and me in my pinstripe tan suit. Wow, my hair greased back. Oh, no, I didn't have any hair. No. Oh, it wasn't yeah, greased back. Had I had hair, though. I did have hair. How I went, many hours did you spend waxing Like the four car? hours waxing that car. It looked nice. Do you remember how nice that car looked it was beautiful you didn't care yes I you did. were just so enamored with me i knew that you'd spent all that time hand waxing that car and back then you had to actually use elbow <laughs> yes you did yes you did 31 years ago baby and i gotta tell you it's next to meeting next to next to july the 13th 1979 may the 11th 1984 second best day in my life and why was you didn't say why well July. that's the day i gave my life to christ there you go for, right. for the listeners they may i'm not sorry know that. absolutely you know, they can't get inside your head they can't <laughs> no. 
That's a very good they thing. They can't read your facial expressions. They can't? Today. It's a very yeah. good thing. All right, yeah. listen, I'd like to thank the Christian Chamber of Commerce, Tampa Bay, for bringing us that integrity moment as they do each and every day. All right, today today we're talking about forgiveness. And we're just and really in the workplace because if you work in a workplace where there's people, that's right, there's people, then you have a need for having to offer forgiveness. And if you're going to be a light for Christ in your workplace, this is one way that you can show you're different because you can forgive those who hurt you. It is so powerful to be able to forgive those who hurt you. It's even more powerful when you confront those people who have hurt you and let them know that you've hurt that they've hurt you and then offer forgiveness in a, in almost like a truce like fashion because th- it, you're going to stymie their effects. Let's just say somebody's really got it in for you because of whatever reason you wear purple every day. I don't know what it is. It, it, Whatever it is, by you being forgiving of spirit, it's going to give you an opportunity to talk about the hope that is within you that is Jesus Christ. All right, so this role that forgiveness plays in our relationships, it is the only way we can have good relationships if there's going to be forgiveness. Because if there's not forgiveness, then eventually you run out of friends. Yes. Yeah, we talk about that a lot in marriage mentoring where it's like, you know, is there something that you keep bringing up, keeping score, you know, when somebody's hurt you or they've offended you or they've um, said something that just, you know, made you mad or whatever, you know, if those things keep coming up when you're having an argument or a discussion, that keeping score, that's things that are unforgiven. And those damage and put up a wall between you and the person that you have the relationship with. All right, so right after the break, we're going to come back with some uh, scripture verses and talk about how those impact our perspective on forgiveness. But it's time right now for our highlight, our book highlight segment brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Our book today is called Forgiveness, written by June Hunt. Um, yeah, we were just talking about this. I have this whole spinner of books that are by June Hunt, and she has an incredible ability. A spinner is a bookshelf that spins. Um, yeah, that, they got the visual on that one, probably. I don't know. I was confused. <laughs> anyway, she has the incredible ability to write small books on a topic that really help people. And there's one on forgiveness that just really cuts right to the heart of the issue and is very, very helpful. So we're going to give that away, mail it out to whoever calls in. you got to remember. You gotta read this book? Don't wait for the movie. All right, so Martha and I today are on an impromptu show. We're talking about forgiveness in the workplace. Yes. It's powerful. Why should we forgive people in the workplace? Well, because if you don't, you just so many side effects or you know things can happen there can be a lot of fallout if you don't because you can build up walls it hurts your communication it can affect other people it can be like a little um, sickness that just spreads through the other workers like a disease like ebola in the office place only worse bitterness can kill people permanently what was that for? What are the crickets for? He saw the look on my face like, <laughs> okay. okay so was... we're talking about forgiveness in the workplace today. And, and it just spans from a conversation I had yesterday with about 40 people in Arizona, just about forgiveness and, and why, as Christ followers, this is the one thing that should be the easiest for us to do because we've been forgiven so much by Christ. And by what he did on the cross, our Heavenly Father has made it so that our sins have been washed clean, as white as snow. 
mm-hmm. yet we struggle to forgive those who offend us. It's like the parable that Jesus talked about, how the, the uh, servant uh, of the ruler had 10,000 talents of gold that he owed this guy, which was, you know... A lot of money. We're talking tons of gold. And there was no way in a lifetime he was going to pay that back. Mm-hmm. And he begged his boss, and his boss forgave him. But he went out into the streets and found a guy that owed him like a, I don't know, a denarius, one day's wage. And the guy couldn't pay him. And he threw the guy in jail. Right after he'd just been forgiven pounds, thousands of pounds of gold, he goes and, and worries about a guy who can't pay him a couple of pieces of silver. And the his boss finds out, and the boss throws him in prison for life. Because he, he, you got to forgive people. We've been forgiven so much it's not even comparable to the small little offense that people do against us. Even even the most horrific things. And this is what mind mind blowing. Consider some of those people in Africa who whose families have been killed by ISIS and they're left behind. We are expected by our Heavenly Father to forgive ISIS for the incredibly horrible acts that they're doing because of what we've been forgiven. Hmm. That's really hard to even wrap your head around. You can't wrap but your think, head around it. Don't you think, you know, you're telling that parable, and it reminds me, though, of the fact that why does God put these things in Scripture? But because he knows they're things we're going to struggle with. And so we need those examples to show us and to teach us a lesson. So even though you're saying it should be the easiest thing for us to do because of the fact that we've been given forgiven so much, but the truth of the matter is that God knew that we were going to struggle with it immensely because of our humanity. Because as humans, the whole thing we talked about having to humble yourself and put yourself aside and say, this is not about me. This is not about my rights. This is out of love. I'm going to forgive you or whatever the case might be. So he knew we were going to struggle with it. So that's why it's there's verses for us to learn from. And that's one of the reasons we're talking about it today, because obviously a lot of people struggle with it because we deal with that a lot when we're just mentoring people. And and, uh, you know, that's just a small um, sampling of the whole world around us. You know, when you compare even the two of us, and we're talking about forgiveness in the workplace today, mm-hmm. and, and we're doing that because if you can't forgive people in the workplace who have hurt you, whether it's your boss, a coworker, an employee, how are you ever going to be a light for Christ in that workplace? The, by forgiving people who don't deserve forgiveness, it's an example of what Christ did for you. And again, we're speaking today to Christ followers. We're not speaking to those. If you haven't trusted Christ with your life yet, you know, yes, it's really nice to do these good acts, but these are things that flow naturally out of a Christ follower because of what's been done for them. And we don't, you know, don't, if you work with people who aren't Christ followers, don't expect them to act like a Christ follower. Stop expecting that. No, but, but it, you can be that example for them. Right. Absolutely. But we're talking about this because we need to live forgiving lives. What was really cool in this class yesterday that I was teaching, uh, there was two people, they've been married 40 what did he say? 49 years. And they looked a lot younger than that. They must have got married at 15. Actually, I think they did get married at 15 and 16 or something like that. <laughs> and I kept pointing to them every time I'd ask a question like, who has a hard time forgiving people? And who's, who's had conversations with people in their head that they're angry with? And they would never raise their hands. They're like, we just don't think like that. We just, we just, we don't hold grudges. We just, we naturally just, it flows off our back. And I reminded them what a gift from God that was. Yeah. Because even in our relationship, you are way quicker to find positive in people, and I'm way quicker to struggle with the negative in people. 
I mean, we, we, you naturally think better of people, and I naturally have to work at thinking better of people. Mm-hmm. 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 In other words, we look at things very differently. So you're saying because this couple, that's not their tendency, that was one less thing that they really had to struggle with. Right. I mean, if you ever, if you want to find out why you don't want to become a bitter and angry person, just hang out with somebody that's maybe in their 50s, 60s, 70s, or 80s that's cranky. Hmm. You want to know why they're cranky? Because they've let all the things of their life get them down and they're angry about all of them. And and those are people that you don't want to hang out with. You don't want to be those people. So we're, we're trying to encourage you on how not to become one of those people. Martha so, says we got to be more positive. Sorry. So in the workplace. In the if, workplace. If we are dealing with issues that either you're working with somebody that you can tell is really holding some grudges or you're having trouble with them. Um, that's the thing that we really want to deal with is how do we how do we approach that? How do we start the process of being a more forgiving person without becoming um, the what is it that I want to say where you're like a rug that everybody walks somebody walk all over you <laughs> without being a rug a rug that somebody walks all over that's a guy named Matt you know no, like you know what I mean what's a though? guy what's a rug hanging on the wall art. Okay, we're not going to go there. We're not going to do all those jokes. Okay. <laughs> we're not. But you don't want to be um, that person that just gets walked all over either. But at the same time, you want to show grace and, and show forgiveness. I think that's one of the things a lot of people struggle with in, with this whole, how do I be a Christian in the workplace and ha- you know take people take advantage of me or whatever. You still have good business practices, but yet when somebody has wronged you, it's what your response is to that. Well, and we've you know we've been in business a lot of years together. We've been self-employed since 1989, off and on. And we had a client once that we went out of the way during a blizzard. This client had been one of our insurance clients, and he had been injured in a car accident. And we actually went and did a kind act for them, we this did. person. Mm-hmm. And good Samaritan work. And in the spring, this person then filed a lawsuit against us for the work that we did as a volunteer. And blamed us for, I mean, it was a big loss, like $40,000. And that's really hard to be loving to somebody when you did something out of the goodness of your heart. And then they sue you when you didn't really do anything wrong. They blamed you for snow melting. Really. In Minnesota, snow does melt. Only a couple months a year, <laughs> but it does melt. It, yes, that's correct. So yeah. it's tough. You have to work at this. But... What we need to remember is when we're wronged by people, we need to realize how have we wronged people? Let's have that perspective. And how have we been forgiven? You know, if we've been sinned against, how have we been forgiven? Okay, so let's look at some scripture. What does the Bible really have to say about this? Yeah, I was uh, the, this first one I love it. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. That's no small task. Right. Oh, that's super easy. Be kind to one another. Everybody. It doesn't say just every once in a while be kind to one another. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted. That's not really easy for me to do. Tender hearted. I can be tender hearted at times. Forgiving one another. He doesn't say forgiving one another every once in a while. Nope. Imagine. Imagine when Paul the Apostle met Christ on the road to Damascus and three days later he's preaching in the temple. And he'd been arresting Christians and having them murdered <laughs> mm. and so you're saying what would the christ followers think about him? yeah and how hard would it be to forgive a guy i mean sure now he's a christ follower but he murdered people yeah that's a good point imagine if it was stephen's wife 
who he had stood by and endorsed the murder. And Stephen's wife goes, wow, but you endorsed my husband getting stoned. Hmm. That's a tough one. You know, what's interesting is before Ephesians 4.32 comes Ephesians 4.31, and it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. So get rid of all of those things. All the ugly stuff. Get rid of the bitterness and the wrath and the anger and the clamor and the slander. And And put it away from you. All the malice. Along with the malice. There's a lot of words we don't use anymore, but they're all really negative. Well, Basically, he's saying, get rid of all that yucky stuff. Yeah, I should have printed that out in the, in the, the message version. I, I'm i sorry. But, okay. but, you know, Peter came up I, to... I forgive you. That's really... <laughs> that's, that's awesome, honey. I love you. Hey, speaking of that, thanks so much to Sarah who called in and got the book on forgiveness. Uh, we'll get that sent out to you right away. And make sure when you read it, then you share it with all your best, closest friends because... I'm sure they all could use to hear the message from that book from June Hunt. Mm -hmm. Hey, Peter came up to Jesus and said, Jesus, how many times do I got to forgive my brother? Seven times? You know, assuming you have an annoying brother. And I don't. I have a, you know, my brother's perfect. Actually, my brother and I are about as opposite as night and day. Yet we both love the Lord, but we look at life so differently. And I'm the little brother by seven years. I was born one day before my brother's seventh birthday. And I'm not sure he ever forgave me for that because I wrecked his seventh birthday. <laughs> you wrecked his party. I did. I wrecked. I totally wrecked his party. Uh, and and so... And you had a lot to do with that. I did no. have nothing to do with that. And I'm not... I don't really think my brother's upset yeah. about that. But, but we look at life differently. But I was an annoying little brother mm-hmm. because I found out that my brother got annoyed easily. By me. So he probably had more than seven times 70, 70. Yeah, times so when 70. Peter comes up, maybe Peter had, well, Peter did have a younger brother. Mm-hmm. His name was Andrew. And, and, you know, maybe he was asking, how many times do I have to forgive this little annoying brother of mine <laughs> or annoying little brother of mine? Mm-hmm. And, and, and he says, seven times? Like, and, and Jesus goes, really? How about 70 times seven? Or how about as much as it takes? Because 490. It, it, you may take 491. But I had somebody asking in the class yesterday, but what if this person keeps coming back to you and saying, and, and doing the same thing, do, hurting you, and then asking forgiveness again right away? I mean, what if somebody just keeps hurting you? How how much do you have to forgive? And, and the answer is, you need to forgive them, but it's okay to create distance and not allow yourself to be hurt anymore. Yeah, I was thinking those same things. I was hoping you went there, put up some boundaries. It doesn't mean you have to keep going back and asking for that, you know, behavior to be done to you. You know, when the, I, I don't know if this is the biblical perspective on it or not, but I was thinking about that seven times. That's like every day, every day of the week. And then if he says 70 times seven, that's like, oh my goodness, that's, you know, really often every day. And I'm just thinking the little brother attitude every day. You got to you got to forgive every day, every day, every day. Well, it'd be almost like Dennis and Menace and Mr. Wilson. I mean, that cartoon, that comic has been around for 50 or 60 We've years. We've really been dating ourselves today. I really, But Den- Dennis and Menace is still in the paper today. Well, that's good. So it's not really dating ourselves. But, well, because I don't know if young people read the paper. <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing printed on paper. With they, ink. That they throw All right, so, driveway. you know, one, one of the scriptures is very, very powerful that's from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus was talking to people and said, listen, so if you're offering your gift at the altar, 
or lifting up a prayer before your heavenly father is another way to say that. And there is, there you remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. What, what Jesus was saying there is, you know, you're asking for all these things from your heavenly father. You're, you're asking forgiveness from your heavenly father, yet you aren't forgiving your brother. Go and be reconciled to your brother, your sister, your mother, your father. Then come back. And, and be reconciled with your Heavenly Father. E- extend to them what you're asking to be extended to you. Yeah, that's powerful. And um, really, what the what else that says to me is the fact that, you know, when you are being reflective, when you are talking to the Lord, search your heart and make sure that you have a pure heart um, in front of Him towards other people. So as a Christ follower, what do the scriptures say about forgiveness? Especially forgiveness in the workplace. Of course, this applies to work, uh, forgiveness in the church, uh, where there's plenty of need for it there. Forgiveness in your home. The Christian stance on the, the Christ-following stance, and that's twice today, the Christ-following stance on forgiveness is it's a necessity. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's commanded. Mm. It's commanded. Yet we still struggle with this so much. We struggle with it. And why? It's a command. And Jesus said we need to forgive one another. So, you know, I'm thinking about that in, in practical application, as simple as going to a coworker and saying, you know, last week I, I said something to you that I think, you know, didn't come across the way I meant, or it might have hurt your feelings, and I'm really sorry about that at the time, or you told a joke that maybe was a jab at somebody, or something like that, you know. You're sarcastic. Sarcas- sarca- sarcasm. Sarcasm, <laughs> which is just another form of ang- anger. <laughs> but anyway, the point is that those are some really good ways to start opening the doors of forgiveness and being an example. You know, forgiveness in a workplace, it's one of the most powerful witnesses you can bring, especially when you're the one that's been wrong you've wronged somebody if you've done something stupid and you ask somebody's forgiveness wow does that scream loud that's right today we're talking about forgiveness and you as a christ follower have been forgiven so so very much and by forgiving those around us who have hurt us we're giving it all back to him that's the reward in your life as you've been forgiven everything we're supposed to extend that to all of those around us hey martha speaking of forgiveness yes 31 years. How many times have you had forgive me in 31 years of dating? I don't know because I don't keep track. Oh, good. Very good answer. That's truthful. I know it is. You know what? If I couldn't answer that way, then you'd be, then we'd have issues. Uh, we probably wouldn't I'd, have made 29 in, years of marriage. He'd be in big trouble, I think. But because we both have, I think one of the things that, um, we have learned over the course of time is that that is a really important element in our relationship and in our marriage is to uh, come to each other when we have wronged each other and ask for that forgiveness and truly move on, truly forgive, truly say, you know what, I'm going to try not to do that again. And because that's what my mom always taught us when we were kids. When you say forgive, uh, will you please forgive me? And you say, I'm sorry. It's all about trying not to do it again well i'm sorry means yeah it means you're not going to do it again forgiveness means you're not going to hold it over somebody's head Mm -hmm. anymore Mm -hmm. all right so we've been talking about forgiveness in a workplace and let's just talk about some practical applications because there are many people who let's just say you've been wronged in the workplace and it's you know, you, you dread going to work every day because you just you know you have been hurt you've been wronged it's not fair 
And, and, and we remember them when we say, every time you hear the words, it's not fair, you remember that our mom and dad's told us, uh, you know, life's not fair. Mm-hmm. God never said life would be fair. In fact, if everything was fair, we wouldn't even have a chance. But thanks to God, thanks to our Heavenly Father, we, it is not fair. We're so grateful it's not fair. And that he, Christ died for our sins. Christ didn't have to die for us. So sins. what you're saying is if we got everything, if we got what we deserved, <laughs> we wouldn't be happy. We don't that. get what we, we deserve. <laughs> no. We don't get what we deserve. Right. We don't get what we deserve. That's yeah, right. There's a song out there. That. I'm not going to sing that one. <laughs> okay. So in closing about this, well, I, I mentioned in the class yesterday the story of Joseph. Mm-hmm. You know, because if there's anybody who had the right to be bitter, in fact, seriously messed up in the head towards his family, his brothers, his 11, his 10 brothers, it'd be Joseph. Right. Because they threw him in a pit. They threw him in a pit. It, sold him into slavery. 13 years he was in slavery and in prison. Mm-hmm. And what did he do wrong? Well, my interpretation is he might have been a little cocky. He was a dreamer. He was a dreamer. He was daddy's favorite. favorite. Not really, you know, reason to sell somebody off into slavery. And when his brothers finally met him again at 30, he was now second in command of the most powerful nation in the world, Egypt. And Joseph could have just killed him. Right there. He had all the power to just go right off through their heads. And he decided, no, to extend them grace. He did mess with their heads a little bit, but that's we don't have enough time for that. But the bottom line was, after their father died, uh, the, the brothers are still, even though Joseph said uh, that he, don't worry about it, God brought me here to save you guys. Come down to Egypt, I'll take good care of you. After his father died, they, they, they said, hey, wait a minute, don't forget your father said, uh, extended, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin mm-hmm. and treating you so cruelly. And, and Joseph received the message and he broke down and he wept. Why? Because he realized his brothers haven't been able to forgive themselves Mm -hmm. and that's really part of the deal not only do we have to forgive sorry not only do i I didn't hit the cough button very well on that one not only do we have to forgive people who hurt us we also need to ask forgiveness of people that we hurt but a lot of times we really need to focus on forgiving ourselves and those brothers they had a really hard time forgiving themselves yeah, and we have a hard time doing that, too, especially if we've maybe made some bad choices in business, maybe a past job, and then you carry that forward, and it becomes a, you don't want to perpetuate it, but you haven't, if you haven't forgiven yourself, you haven't really moved past it. All right, so if you missed some of the show today, Martha and I have been talking about forgiveness and forgiveness in the workplace, and as a Christ follower, it's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. Our Heavenly Father and, and our, our Savior said, you need to forgive one another. It's not a suggestion. And we need to use that as an example of the amazing work that Christ has done in our lives. So, Martha, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, I'm looking for people to join the I Work For Him nation. But I'll tell you, somebody said to me the other day, hey, Jim, you're asking for a 1,000 people in Tampa Bay to make this commitment. You need to lower your number. And I said to them, Baloney! There's four and a half million people in Tampa Bay. Why can't we get a thousand of them to commit to being a light for Christ in their workplace? Mm-hmm. A, a light for them where you're actually praying for your coworkers and employees. A thousand? We should get a hundred thousand in Tampa Bay. We should get a two hundred thousand in Tampa Bay. I'm settling for a thousand to get us started. So email us. Contact us on our website. Pretty soon we'll have a website modification that will actually you'll see the I Work For Him Nation flag and you can click on that. But for now, click Click on contact us. If you want to join the I Work For Him Nation, if you want to be an example for Christ in your workplace and you're willing to stand up and take that commitment, go on our website, click contact us and let us know why you want to do that. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I work for him.